You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and on today's show... We are brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. We are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, where we've covered the Chargers over the last six seasons. Now this is our fourth year as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. Hope everyone had a great weekend. I know for me, I got to go look at SoFi Stadium, so that was a good weekend for me. I still hate you. Welcome into the show, especially those who are checking out the show for the first time. We have a great episode for you guys because on Sunday, the news broke that the Tennessee Titans have traded for Julio Jones, so we're going to get into our reaction to that. If we would have given up a second and a fourth round pick for Jones, if Tom Telesco is making a mistake by not pushing the chips all in, during Justin Herbert's contract window and much more. And then in the second and third segments, we have our voicemail segments and we have some really good questions to get into there. We're going to get into just some general appreciation for the show, of course, you know, but really we have a lot of good questions about Nazir Adderley potentially moving to corner on a full-time basis. We'll be talking about Josh Palmer or Asante Samuel Jr. and who is going to have a bigger impact as a rookie and as well as well as looking at Justin Herbert and if with a new coaching staff we have unrealistic expectations and if he could slump a little bit while he tries to adjust and I'll go over some of the other quarterbacks who maybe have or have not slumped during their sophomore season so let's go ahead and get into it the Julio Jones trade talk has been dominating pretty much all of social media ever since it came out that the Falcons were going to have to pretty much trade him at some point They didn't really have a lot of options with having to sign their draft picks in their salary cap situation. And the Chargers were never directly linked to Julio Jones. But if you you wouldn't know that if you're only watching Chargers fans. Because I know Chargers fans are very invested in the Julio Jones watch. And they knew the Chargers had enough salary cap space. They could have made a move, especially with the space they have going forward with the new salary cap. They stood pat in the Tennessee Titans end up trading a second and a fourth round pick, one in 2022, the second round pick, and a fourth round pick in 2023 for Julio Jones, one of the greatest receivers we've ever seen, and a 2023 sixth round pick. So that is kind of, I think, David, where we thought the price range would be, right? I never really bought into somebody spending a first round pick just because it didn't seem like there was anything out there other than one report, which... Seemed like it would be a good thing for the Falcons to put out there, but a second and a fourth round pick, really swapping a fourth for a sixth round pick, right, and having to move back two rounds, which is really, you know, inconsequential, I would say, as far as what that second draft pick is. Obviously, second round picks are valuable, but if you're a contender like the Titans, it's probably a later second round pick anyway. So the first thing I just have to ask you is, if that table, if that trade was on the table for the Chargers and you're Tom Telesco, are you put, you know, are you pulling the trigger? 
If I'm Tom Telesco, I'm absolutely pulling the trigger on that deal. I think this deal is more in line with the compensation that I would have felt comfortable with if I'm executing this trade. I mean, just considering his age and the recent injury concerns and also some soft tissue issues that he's had throughout his career, I think this was more of a believable trade request, and that's why it got done. I, I, I like you, never anticipated the the Falcons getting a first round pick for Julio. It just, it didn't make sense. This deal, absolutely I would have made it because Julio showed very recently that he can still be very impactful. And I think the potential for him to have a good impactful season for the Titans this year is pretty strong if he stays healthy. And I just took a look at, you know, what the Chargers have gotten historically under Tom Telesco with those second and fourth round picks. And it's really hit or miss, right? You don't know what those guys are turning into. For the second round, you have Manti Teo. Jeremiah Tauchu, okay, both of those didn't really work out. Denzel Perryman, Hunter Henry, those are pretty good picks, I would say, Hunter Henry especially. Then it's Forrest Lamp, Uchenu Wosu, Nazir Adderley, and now Asante Samuel Jr. That's, you know, hitting at probably about a 500 batting average there, I would say, because Forrest Lamp, Jeremiah Tauchu, Manti Teo didn't really work out. Denzel Perryman early on was not seen as a guy who was living up to his second-round pick status. And then last year was their best linebacker, so that one's a little bit weird. But for fourth-round picks, you have guys like Joshua Perry, Rayshon Jenkins, Kazir White, Drew Tranquil, Josh Kelly, and Chris Rump. And I only just say these forced perspective because it's like I think most of the combination of those two players, I think you'd feel good about trading for Julio Jones in three years of him even at his age because the Chargers missed out here on a special player who, when on the field, still averages the most receiving yards of any receiver in the NFL. And yeah, he missed some games last year, but... I think the biggest thing, David, is at some point you have to take a chance. I mean, not only would I have done that deal with them, I would have tried to sweeten the pot even a little bit more to get Julio if that's all it was going to take, a second and a future fourth-round pick where you're getting a sixth-round pick back. That's not very much. I mean, I think the Arizona Cardinals are pretty happy with what they traded for DeAndre Hopkins. And yeah, he's a younger receiver, but (laughs) still, I mean, you've seen it recently what wide receivers' values are in trades. Mohamed Sanu is the obvious outlier there, but I think the Chargers missed out here, and I think part of the question is, were the Chargers contending? Should they have added him because you know they feel like they're on the cusp of finding something special? I don't know if they're there yet, David, but I do think there is something to be said about, hey, Justin Herbert, if we're basing it off of you know guys like Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, He's not going to make it all the way through five years of his rookie contract, nor do you really want him to, right? You want him locked up. But right now, you're getting the main benefits of him being on his rookie contract. There is a window here, David, and I think it would just be nice to get a sense that, hey, we're going to go for it. Yeah, I mean, the roster is not perfect right now, but we're going to take a risk. And instead of standing pat in the AFC and letting, you know, potentially the Tennessee Titans leap above you, right, in those hierarchies of what do we think of the AFC at this point, you go out and do something and actually start pushing your chips to the table. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand why not. I mean, I do understand because it's Tom Telesco and he just doesn't make moves like this, but you have the cap space to where it's not even that much of a risk. I mean, you can fit the contract pretty comfortably without even having to make any moves or any restructures or have to worry about not signing your draft picks. Like, you have the space to do it, so why not? 
But then I look at next season, and then I see the abundance of cap space that the Chargers are going to have. I mean, they have $20 million still now, and they have a projected $50 million for next season. So if next season they aren't uber-aggressive, like I think it sets it up for Tom Telesco to go out there and be aggressive. If he doesn't make some very big moves next season, where I think that is the real window, like the real window year before you have to start thinking about paying Justin Herbert big money, I think then you have some serious, serious concerns. Yeah, I mean, the next couple of years, he would have made $11.5 million. And I think you talked about it before when you talked about, you know, that's like Curtis Samuel money right now when he just got that in free agency. But the thing is, is if you're trying to add, you know, a Devontae Adams in free agency, it's going to cost a hell of a lot more than that, right? What you're yeah. going to be able to get on the open market with that kind of money is probably not the, you know, anywhere close to the receiver that you get with Julio Jones. Yes, it was not a need for the Chargers, but I feel like a lot of people think that the Tennessee Titans just got a lot better by doing it right. They actually needed receiver help, but on the flip side of that, they only had $3 million in cap space, and they just brought in someone with a $15 million contract, and they're going to find a way to make it work, right? Restructured Ryan Tannehill's contract things like that, but they weren't afraid of the cap space. Cap space cannot be an argument for why Tom Telesco didn't want to do this. Future cap space, you know, what are you going to get from the next two seasons? I just think that even if Julio dropped off, right, even if he quote-unquote lost a step, that production is still going to be great, right? I mean, what is it now? He's putting up 1,100-yard seasons instead of 1,600-yard seasons. Like, that is still very valuable. That's worth more than $11.5 And you're just giving Justin Herbert, who you're admittedly building around with what you've done on the offensive line and all those things, another weapon to throw to, making your offense that much more dangerous. I just think when you see that price Maybe one of the most dangerous in the league. Absolutely. I mean, when you, you know, Mike Williams is nice, but when he's your third best receiver, when Keenan Allen is your second best receiver, I know it's not a league, but I know it was not a need, but still I mean think about what that offense would be and I think it just would send a message to the Los Angeles fans that are out there that they want to fill up that stadium with hey this is a sight to see this is the game you want to be at in the city I think the Chargers missed out here I think that when you see that price everyone can kind of get behind like oh if that's all it took it would have been really nice to see Julio Jones especially with how often you're really hitting on those second in fourth round picks and with a bunch of compensatory picks coming to you next year. So I think it was a missed opportunity by the Chargers here with Julio Jones. And I just think that if he starts going off next year, right, you know, which you don't know in different situations how it would be, it's going to look pretty bad for the Chargers not, you know, taking that next step and trying to make themselves legitimate contenders. But we do have two more segments to get into because we did have some really good voicemails. So in the next segment, we're going to get into is Nazir Adderley potentially moving to corner, and how would we feel about him doing that full-time? And if he is at corner, who's playing safety, more importantly? And we'll also talk about if Asante Samuel Jr. or Josh Palmer is going to have a bigger impact in 2021. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. I mean, there's only one place that we bet. There's only one place we trust our money with, and that's Bet Online. And the fun thing is, is right now, guys, if you want to get into this, it's a great time. You have the NBA playoffs going on right now. You have the Stanley Cup playoffs. You can find 
a thousand baseball games to bet on every single game and find you know different little weird bets inside of those. There's a lot of really fun bets when you're talking about baseball or any of those sports. And if you even want to bet on just UFC or just only bet on the NFL, you can still do that too because right now there's Chargers games you can bet on for 2021. You can bet on their success and over-under on wins for them in 2021. So much fun stuff going down at betonline.ag. And right now you guys can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, well, let's get into some voicemails here. We haven't had a chance to catch up on these, and you guys have been sending us a lot of voicemails. So today's voicemail Monday, and we'll do that today. If you guys want to call in, get your take on the show, if you want to give your reaction to the Julio Jones trade and all of those things, you guys can always call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line, which you can call into at 323 524 7924 and we love letting you guys you know be a part of the show in that way so let's go ahead and get into it first we have a new caller that we always like to get to all of the new callers let's hear what hector has hey guys new caller uh, my name's hector from colorado i have a little bit of a two-part question for you so uh i've been seeing some stuff coming up that nazir adley is going to be playing uh a little bit more at defensive back or cb this year so with that being said you know how do you think that affects the free safety position you know when he goes down to play cornerback and stuff and then with that also being said do you guys think that there's a possibility that he transitions fully into a cornerback and you know maybe the likes of chris harris jr next year if we let him go you know it ends up being Bato. Nas and then Asante Samuel Jr. and then we end up taking a free free safety in the draft or something or you know something like that just kind of wanted to get your guys' thought on that appreciate everything you guys do and uh, go Bolts well David I mean this is actually something that we've talked about but something that is not ever a problem you know bringing back up because I do think that that's one of the things where we talk about Brandon Staley and how he moves guys around you have the star the money position Right, and guys might not necessarily be where you'd think they'd be. They're all just DBs and all of that, right? But who's going to be the other DB where a safety lines up if Nazir Adderley is moving to corner? And I just, at this point, maybe they would try to make him, you know, a slot corner part-time or something like that. It's hard for me to believe, and I just haven't seen anything that would lead me to think that Nazir Adderley can just play corner full-time. So I like the part about him being versatile. I like having that flexibility. But the question still remains, who is going to be back there if he's not there, right? I mean, are one of the corners going to go play safety? Is Michael Davis going to go play safety? Is Chris Harris Jr. going to go play safety? We haven't heard anything along those lines, right? We haven't seen anything that would lead us to believe that. So to answer your question, Hector, I don't know who would be back there at safety because right now it's hard to believe it's it's Mark Webb or Alohi Gilman. I don't think you can really be comfortable at this moment with Nas moving to corner because you don't really have anybody right now that you feel comfortable playing free safety and you don't know who you're going to get in next year in free agency or the draft. So I don't know if you can really say with confidence that he can go out there and do it. But 
one thing to keep in mind is that coach likes to use his personnel groupings as a weapon. So the more you can do, the more exotic that he can get with get with his looks and his coverages. And, and he also has said on multiple occasions that he wants all of his DBs to have versatility. So, I mean, I, I think it's possible. I, I think he can do it. He played it in college, but I don't think that you can really say with certainty that he can play corner like at a full-time level next season. I really like what the Chargers have on the top end of their defense, but we have questioned the depth at certain positions, specifically at free safety and at defensive tackle on the interior of the defensive line. I think those will be two of the biggest storylines going into the season because there are some players there, but there's a lot of unproven depth behind the starting line guys that we don't know what they're going to be when they step on the field. But we do have another voicemail here, and it's probably the best voicemail we're going to get to hear all night. Let's hear another first-time caller, Devin from L.A., and see what he has to say. Hey, Devin here from L.A., uh, Chargers fan since 2008, been listening to the show since the beginning of this season. Just wanted to give a shout-out to you guys and say keep up the good work. Love listening to the show, listening to it every single day on the way home from work. And um, this is just – I'm just basically calling out to, to shout out to you guys. Um, I don't think I have the ability to rate and review on the podcast thing that I listen to, so I just wanted to call and say you guys are doing an amazing job. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to listening to you guys every single day. Bolt up, baby. Well, thank you, Devin. We really appreciate you calling in, and I know not every podcast service you can rate and review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, that's – where most people review at, and of course, we always appreciate that, and you guys can follow us wherever you get your podcast from to help you stay up to date with the show, but we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. Devin, appreciate you calling in, but we do have another Chargers-specific one here, which we should get into, and that's Superfan Zach from Florida, who's always calling in. Let's see what he has for us this week. Hey, guys. Zach from Florida here. So this might be an unfair question and not balanced, but out of our two skill players that we got in the first three rounds being Asante Samuel Jr. and Josh Palmer, who do you think is going to have a bigger impact and a better stat-wise season? The reason I ask if it's unfair is because Asante Samuel Jr. is going to be a starter and Palmer might be third or fourth on the depth chart for wide receivers, maybe even lower. But just want to get your thoughts and bolt up. So, David, I think that this question, yeah, I mean, it might be a little unfair just because the obvious answer is Asante Samuel Jr., right? Because you just assume he's going to start. Is there any circumstance that you think that Joshua Palmer somehow has a better season than Asante Samuel Jr.? No. I mean, I think because of the lack of playing time and how he's going to have to earn his playing time and the just the looking at the depth chart, I mean, he's, what, number four, number five right now? And, I mean, Asante Samuel Jr. is going to slot in and, and be expected to start and provide some meaningful production right away. So I just think barring injury for Asante Samuel Jr., knock on wood, that doesn't happen, that there's no way that he's going to have more production or have a, a better year than Asante Samuel Jr. Well, maybe we're being a little bit dangerous about it, right? Because obviously we're assuming a rookie and Asante Samuel is going to start, right? And the other thing that we're assuming is that Josh Palmer is the fourth or fifth receiver on the depth chart, which 
is probably true at this point, but we also have to take the other kind of look at it and think like, this is the first and only hand-picked wide receiver to run the offense that this new coaching staff wants to run, right? So we're all seeing it as a replacement for Mike Williams, and that's the natural fit. Him leaving mm-hmm. potentially because of a big contract if he has a big year, or just being you know not dependable enough to give him that second contract if he doesn't have something going on this year. So I think, obviously, there is some scenario, a much less likely scenario, that Joshua Palmer has a bigger season. But the only way I see it realistically is if Mike Williams gets hurt for a significant Mm -hmm. amount of time, knock on wood again, you know, but that's obviously not out of the realm of possibilities with his injury history that he has. The next guy up, the most logical guy to fill that role playing in the shoes of Mike Williams is Josh Palmer. So I think that even though it is unlikely, that would be the unlikely. Even though, you know, it's not that unlikely that Mike Williams will get hurt. I mean, he's always battled through and been there for most of the games of the season. But if that were to happen, I do think Josh Palmer's role, if he picks this new offense up, would increase dramatically and he could do something with that, right? It's a good contingency plan too. I mean, to have a wide receiver that can profile and do some of the things at a similar level as Mike Williams, I think makes you feel pretty good this year. Yeah, and I think that they're very different players, but at the same time, when Mike Williams went out there, you didn't have another, you know, prototypical X receiver on the outside that was, you know, could go up and get jump balls and things like that. Who else is going for a jump ball on this team, you know? Going over a defender for a ball on a deep ball. Is it Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton, KJ Hill? No. I mean, not even Keenan Allen. That's not his forte either. So, yeah, I do like Josh Palmer, and I like him as a contingency plan. I think that would be the only way that he would have a better season than Asante Samuel Jr. You know, or Asante Samuel Jr. takes a little while to get used to the league, so Josh Palmer might not have the raw stats. But, you know, maybe we think a little bit differently about Asante Samuel Jr., Not what I think is going to happen, but I think those are the scenarios in which something that seems unlikely like this could come to fruition. But we do have one more segment to get into and more really good questions because next segment we're going to get into if Justin Herbert is more likely to have a sophomore slump because of the Chargers' new coaching staff. And we'll also get into just this new coaching philosophy and what they're doing on the field and how they're thinking about attacking offensively and defensively as opposed to Anthony Lynn. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official protein bar of the Locked On Chargers podcast is Built Bar. I love Built Bars. I take them with me all the time. Most days, I eat a Built Bar just because I'm running around. I'm super busy. Obviously, I have a day job as well as this, so I usually take them to work with me. But the nice thing about Built Bar is with most protein bars, you get tired of eating the same kind of protein bar over and over again. With Built Bars, you're going to get the variety to make sure that doesn't happen. Nine delicious flavors like cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie. My favorite's peanut butter brownie. My fiance's is the mint brownie. But the other great thing about Built Bars is they're good for you as well. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. So it's going to fit into pretty much any diet that you're on. And we can even save you guys some money because if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15. To get 15% off your first order, that's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BillBar.com. I also need to tell you guys about the official auto parts sponsor of the show, which has to be, of course, RockAuto.com. And obviously, I have a greater appreciation for Rock Auto now just because I've had to use them several times. Unfortunately, you never want something to go wrong with your car. 
But if you do have something and you need a part for your car, the only place to go is rockauto.com. And the number one thing for me, uh, probably a tie, number one is price. With rockauto.com, you're always going to get a great price, whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a mechanic. Everybody gets the same low price. And the other thing is convenience. For me, I was able to, as not a car guy, go on their website and just a couple easy clicks, type the type, type the kind of car I have in, and I found the part that I needed. And I didn't have to go search through a chain storefront. I got it delivered right to my house. And you guys can get all of those things at rockauto.com and all the parts they have, like brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Just go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, guys. Well, we do have some more voicemails to get into. And one of the hot topics that we've talked about is Justin Herber and whether he could potentially have a sophomore slump for the Chargers in 2021 because we've seen it happen with some quarterbacks before. And we had somebody call in and actually ask about that specifically. Let's hear what Victor has for us this week. Hey, guys. My name is uh, Victor. I just got a quick question here. It's kind of been on my mind for the past, I don't know, this whole offseason. It's kind of a weird question, but um, do you guys think that Justin Herbert will have, like, a pretty bad sophomore slump because of the changing staff around him? I know I know, Lynn wasn't the best coach, but I do think he played a factor into Justin Herbert's development as well as, uh, man, uh, Pep Hamilton. Now that they're both gone, do you think that could play a factor to him, like, having a sophomore slump? Not just that. I have, like, this really, like, unreasonable fear thinking that maybe he just had a lucky season. But I know that's really illogical because there's never been a quarterback who's broken so many rookie records and had so many good games and looked like the real deal to just be a bust. So I, I know it's unreasonable, but I just I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on it and see what you guys have to say. I appreciate all the hard work you guys put in. I appreciate everything you guys do. So thank you. Both up. So I think it's a you know a good question because I think in most scenarios you would think if this guy has a new coaching staff, that's going to hinder him somewhat. There's no continuity there. It's hard to build off your successes that you had as a rookie when you're changing all of the coaching staff. And I think. That is tough, but the things that make you feel better about it are Justin Herbert's had to do this like six times in the last six years, right? Like six offensive coordinators in the last six years, a bunch of different head coaches, and how quickly he picked it up last year in a Zoom-shortened, really not a true offseason with no preseason games to come in and compete against the Super Bowl champs. So I think that's part of the reason, David, where I feel like it's mitigated why I would think he would have a sophomore slump. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was one of my reasons as well is that he's just handled this before. I mean, he's gone through so many coaching changes in his uh, professional career, and it's just I think it's something he's definitely ready for. And also, he's incredibly intelligent. I mean, he won the academic Heisman in college. I mean, everyone around him, all the coaches, anyone who says anything about him echoes those sentiments. He's just really, really sharp. And also, he has a full and normal, like a mostly normal offseason to work with. I mean, he has plenty of time with these new coaches. And I think that's what matters. That's what's going to help him execute this offense at a high level in this second season and, and avoid that sophomore slump. And I do think Pep Hamilton deserves a ton of credit for what he was able to do last year. And I don't want to no take question. away from that. 
But I do think that the offense didn't always necessarily cater itself to Justin Herbert. And I think just historically, when you look at guys who have had seasons similar, because no one's had the type of season he had as a rookie, but the most rookie touchdowns, Baker Mayfield had a sophomore slump, but Freddie Kitchens was not an NFL coach, right? I mean, that was Mm -hmm. something that should have never happened. Russell Russell Wilson is tied for third for most as a rookie with Peyton Manning. Both of those guys played better in their second seasons, right? No sophomore slump there. Daniel Jones kind of slumped, I guess. I mean, the thing is, is even though he had the most rookie touchdowns, is he also had 12 interceptions and 18 fumbles as a rookie, right? So that's obviously something that's pretty bad. But other guys like Dak Prescott, Andrew Luck, Right, Jim Kelly, Cam Newton, other guys in the top 10 of most rookie touchdowns. Almost all those guys turned in really, really good careers and didn't slow down and actually got better. Russell Wilson got better. Andrew Luck got better. Peyton Manning better. Then you look at other guys like, you know, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. All those guys are much better in year two. And Lamar Jackson had a new offensive coordinator in his second season and won an MVP. So, those are the things I think that make you feel positively that even with all these changes, Justin Herbert can avoid that dreaded sophomore slump. But we do have one more I want to get into here. This is Steve from Southern California. Let's hear what he has for us this week. Hey, guys. This is Steven Enriquez. I'm from San Diego, California. I've been a diehard, lifelong Chargers fan since I was in diapers and before I even knew what a touchdown was. Um, I got a quick comment maybe question here what do you think about brandon staley kind of cutting edge philosophy of like uh using analytics and uh you know matchups and percentages as you know compared to anthony lynn where hey let's run the ball third and two with no offensive line um love the podcast guys i appreciate everything i was you know kind of listening in and out throughout the draft process couple head scratchers there in the draft, but, you know, we got our guy in Rashawn Slater. Hopefully the offensive line, show, you know, shows up this year. I know Corey Lindley is uh, teaching the kids, uh, you know, the tricks of the trade uh, here in minicamp and, uh, you know, OTAs. Um, that Chargers uh, Instagram page is, looks, looks pretty good, man. Um, but, yeah, what do you guys think about Coach Staley? I don't know if you guys have touched on this before, but what do you think about his uh, – approach uh, to hiring a bunch of coordinators and a run game coordinator and things like that. Is it going to maybe muddle the waters and make things confusing for like Justin Herbert? Uh, Is it going to make things confusing for the defensive side of the ball? Um, Let me know what you guys think. And I hope to hear this on the pod guys. Have a good night. Thank you. Bolt up. I think we had a lot of new callers today, which I always appreciate it. And we always love getting your guys takes, but this is something we've talked about quite a bit as well, David, because there are a lot of differences in how we've seen the Chargers coach this offseason than what we saw from Anthony Lynn, right? And we don't know how it's going to pay dividends for the Chargers going forward, but I think we're all pretty encouraged that, yes, this team will have a much more analytics-leaning thought process, especially when making big decisions in a game, and also just the different little ways they've been going about all of these practices as well. Well, it's one thing to have all the information. It's another thing to be able to decipher that information and utilize it to its best 
best ability. And I think Brandon Staley is smart enough to use the information and, and the analytics to make better informed decisions. So, I mean, I think that's a huge part of it. I mean, everyone who has talked about Brandon Staley said that when he walks into the room, he's instantly the smartest man in the room. Very unassuming. Like, he, he doesn't walk around with that I'm better than you attitude, but it's just understood. I think that's why you feel really good about Brandon Staley getting all these analytics and using it to have the Chargers play at their best. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the third and ones that you mentioned there in the voicemail, I mean, those were so frustrating. And we just talked about that the other day and just how annoying that was, just not knowing your team, right? And it just seems like already, from what we've heard from the players and how their roles will change with this team in 2021, it seems like they have a better grasp of what these players' strengths are because Gus Bradley, not a guy known for playing to his players' strengths. He's a guy known for rolling out cover three defense, right? Anthony Lynn, not a guy known for making a lot of in-game adjustments or things like that, but just being a leader of men and being a former running back and wanting to be able to run the ball on third and one, right, and be able to pick that up every time even though they weren't able to do it. So there was some lack of awareness there. Now you think about them using apps to compete in the classroom and they're all getting quizzed and, you know, competing in that sense. The two-spot practices where you're getting as many players' reps as possible so many different little things and just most of all, listening to the players, finding out what they want to do and finding out the ways they feel healthiest, right? And I think that'll be another thing too, hoping this new coaching staff and the sports performance team that they brought in can keep these players healthier. And I think they've already, even in OTAs, taken some steps to at least ensure these players make it to the games that are important during the regular season. But that is going to do it for us on today's show. We appreciate you guys calling in and leaving those voicemails. Once again, the number is 323-524-7924. But this was just a teaser episode because the big show is going to be on Wednesday this week because we're going to have Chargers team reporter Chris Hayre join the show to kind of recap some of this offseason. We'll talk some free agents. We'll talk some draft stuff. We haven't got to catch up with him in a while. So we'll have a great interview for you guys with Chris Hayre on Wednesday to make sure you guys don't miss it. Make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcast from. You can rate and review there as well. I mean, we would really appreciate that, but you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the new Odyssey app. Make sure you guys tune back in for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. You will be able to find little clips of that interview and also just every show that we post on either of our Twitter accounts. I'm at Dan Talk Sports. David's at DroTalkSD. We like engaging with you guys on there too. Like being able to post those pictures from SoFi and all those things and giving you guys a little inside look at what that magnificent stadium is going to look like. But you can also find the show at LockedOnLAC on Twitter. You can find our Facebook page at LockedOnChargers. And you can also find us on Instagram at LockedOnChargers as well. But we'll be back with you guys with a big guest, Chris Hayre, the Chargers team reporter on Wednesday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.